Wow. Okay. What a journey We've talked there. a lot about Daniel Craig's hair in the last two minutes. Mate, there isn't a bit of Daniel Craig we're not going to talk a lot about. Mm. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily, shake it over rice, and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. Welcome to imagine that every episode we sing. Don't stop me now. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say a different song oh, or okay, a different okay. Queen song. Well, a different Queen song could be cool. Yeah, we introduce every episode of our Daniel Craig filmography <laughs> podcast by singing a different one of Queen's greatest. But everybody hits. knows that Daniel Craig's favorite band is Queen. Um, you know, I'm. Ashamed of myself that I don't know what his favorite band is yet. <laughs> you, but I will before this is over. <laughs> if he has ever mentioned it publicly, I will find that information. But he doesn't have social media, so we can't ask him directly. No, and if he did, it would be very like distant and just be like having a great day on set. And you know, he didn't post it. It would be just some yeah. other shit. Uh, I, but I, does sorry does Rachel hmm. Weiss have, have um, like a Twitter no, account? Or no, something? she's also not on there. Oh. It's obviously a family decision. Then I'm okay with it. Yeah, because if she was, we could just ask, hey, d- hey, what's Daniel? Hey, Rachel, what band is Daniel like? <laughs> what band do you think he likes? What's what is Daniel Craig's favorite? Has he band? ever told you or me? Yeah. Oh, you asking? Yeah, I'm um, talking to you. You're the only one here. <laughs> I thought you were still talking. You thought we were still doing Rachel Wise. <laughs> to Rachel Wise. Hey, Rachel, well, what do you think? Can you say what we like to call Rachel Wise Corner, where we, one of us, <laughs> it's not weird, one of us pretends to be Rachel Wise, and the other one just like talks to them. and Asks them questions. Just asks them questions about Daniel Craig. <laughs> we ask, we're not interested in her, in her. We, we just, well, I'd ask her some questions about the mummy. What was it like? Obviously. Do you think it's like cultural reputation? Do you think you should have come back for the third one because it would have been a better film? Yeah, because whilst it still wouldn't have made it like a great film, you'd have elevated it. Exactly. And it it would have seemed less weird. that It would have seemed a lot less forced if she was also there. Yeah. And what were they thinking? They're like, oh, it's a a shame we got Rachel Wise for this role that obviously Kate Beckinsale could definitely have played. Who was it? It wasn't Kate Beckinsale. But you know what I mean. But... I understand where you're coming the from. The type. <laughs> I need a Kate Weck Beckinsale type. Kate Weck. Close that door behind me. I'm going to close this door behind me. Oh, that's going to drive me crazy the whole time. I've realized what this show is, by the way. Our show? Well, it's not... Yes. Okay. In a way, it's what it is metaphorically, but also what it actually is. Okay. Does it, what is it? As in what it means to you? Uh, kind of. Okay. But it's like a way to explain it, where... <laughs> You know uh, what a mandala is? Yes. A sort of circular 
symmetrical uh, sort of drawings or pictures that uh, you, yeah. there's a thing in uh, Buddhism and I think a few other sort of religions and cultures. And there's a thing that I believe it's Tibetan Buddhists will do where they will make an incredibly intricate diorama, but they're doing it out of sand. So the monks will, um, it's done in, in monasteries, and they'll spend, I presume, weeks, incredible lengths of time, very, very carefully uh, pouring out different kinds of colored sand into these amazing sort of, and it's all like floral designs and different sort of pictograms and little uh, scenes done throughout this sort of uh, mm -hmm. incredibly intricate and quite large, some of them are sort of like a couple of meters across, uh, man mandalas. And once they finish it, they just brush all the sand away, and it's gone. See, that'd be kind of fun. What, in contrast to this? No, I like doing this, but you think we're going to brush the sand away when we're finished? No. The point of that exercise, in my basic understanding, is that it's uh, symbolizing, it's making explicit the unav the unavoidable transience of all aspects of life and existence and so by doing something so obviously painstaking and difficult and yet also completely transient and something that cannot last yeah you are bringing to the forefront of your mind and anyone who witnesses it the fact that nothing lasts in this life and so there and therefore it is impossible to imbue what you're doing with any more meaning than it would be to do something that is uh that is that is fragile and precarious and ultimately pointless so this is my mandala this is my version of that so this is your version of doing something pointless well no i no it's not my version of it i am doing something pointless so you think this is pointless by so you don't think Daniel's going to love what we're doing here? No, no, I think he... I, 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 well, I'm pretty sure Daniel wouldn't like it, to be honest with everything I've learned about him. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> by going through this incredible amount of time and effort and energy to do something so entirely unnecessary, um, rather than being just, you know, like a way to avoid confronting the things I should be thinking about and doing and my real responsibilities. There what are it, some of those What things, it actually yeah. is, the way I'm going to try and dignify it, is by saying, no, actually, this is actually a sort of meditation. And this is actually a... So this is good for you? Well, well, you no, because no, no, it's, it's, it's not about good or bad. It's about con confronting the, 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 the Brahman that underlies everything and that we need to let go of those kinds of definitions okay if everything is pointless nothing can be good or bad so you might as well watch every film and tv movie and some <laughs> tv episodes that daniel craig has ever been in and spend hours talking about them with your mate yeah hello everyone and welcome to exceptional thieves <laughs> that's probably the weirdest way we've introduced an episode it's a podcast where isaac and i review and rewrite movies I'm Sam. And I am Isaac. And, well, this is the seventh episode in our Daniel Craig Grand Tour, watching the entire filmography of Daniel Craig. Mm. The, of Britain's best actor. Britain's best actor. I should actor, write this down. It should just be, that's, that's how we refer to him Yeah. through this entire episode, I reckon. Every time we say Britain's best actor, best actor Daniel Craig. We just say BBA. We say Britain's best actor, Daniel Craig. It's like the goat. He's the BBA. BBA. 
Yeah, all that. Yeah. Bubba Dan yeah. Craig. Bubba DC. Bubba DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was, that, that was a good interest because we've got to grab people. Yeah, we did. We've and then to, you talked for a long time about, about mandalas. About Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah, stuff that's really got nothing to do with. Uh, actually, it's it's, it's it's what it's what it is. Okay, it I'm is. Ex- excuse it me is. for trying to explain what our podcast is on like a philosophical level. Okay, it's and that's the kind of thing you get from this show that you don't get from your it's other. Re- it's your really other movie not what podcasts. you get from this. Show. You get sort of deep, sort of you know, <laughs> psycholog- psychological and spiritual analysis. Yeah. You know? Oh, by the way, I listened to finally. Um, Musicals taught me everything I know. Oh, okay. Another great podcast. Another great podcast done well, by some friends of ours. Yeah, well, well, fr- friends of yours still haven't asked me on, so they still haven't reached out. But I was thinking that's probably just as well because no one wants to listen to me rant for well, what's, a long well, what time musical would you about choose? like the theological implications of Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, it would just be in. <laughs> is that the show you choose? Well, when so you go so on? this is a show where they get a guest on each time and you have to explain a musical that you well, love. Well, yeah. And mine would be Jesus Christ Superstar and that would just be an absolute chore for everyone involved. <laughs> because of the oh. Jesus stuff? Or? Well, don't, don't start me because I'll start in on it. But it's a great, it's a great musical. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, but you fucking will give me that, Isaac. No, I did. I, I just said that. Yeah, good. I said, yeah. Yeah, I know, but you paused, and then you said, yeah, like you'd only just decided then, as if it was a debate <laughs> in your mind. And I'm I'm not here for debates. I think it's probably the best work that Andrew Lloyd Webber's done. Cool. Probably. What's, what's the worst? That he's done? Mm-hmm. Cats? I think we all know it's cats, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed everyone learning what Cats is for the last couple of months. <laughs> but Since see, that Cats film was theatrically out, released in the 90s as a filmed version of the stage yeah, show. Yeah, that's the only one I've ever seen. I've ever seen. I didn't see it on the stage, but... Yeah. I will refuse to see it on the stage. I... I Forever. I don't mind Cats, <laughs> is what I'll say. <laughs> it shouldn't be a film. No, no. It definitely shouldn't be a film. There's 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 different levels of it. There's it shouldn't be a film. It definitely shouldn't be that film. <laughs> you know, like even like the best film version of it is still this isn't what. And it shouldn't be for people. You should only somehow you, only people. You can only see it when you've already seen it. That should be the rule. Y- yes. You need to try and find a way to make sure no one ever sees cats for the first time. Because if I think if you see cats for the first time when you're not a child as well. Yeah, like I think it haunts you enough as a child that you can get over it by the yeah. time you get to watch it again. Yeah, because I was very young when I watched it. I was like, huh, cats, sure. Like, you know, you'll, you'll buy anything. That's not what cats look like. No, but there's some, we don't need to get into cats analysis. The internet is swimming in it. <laughs> but all I'll say is there's some, when it's a, when it's a person in a costume on a stage, then you know it's a person in a costume on a stage there's just more justification you're being a cat yeah like oh that's cool if you had to be a cat (laughs) that is what you would have to do when it's all digital and terrifying full of like tom hooperian and dead space around people's heads and stuff then it's there's so much and i liked his lame is lots of people hate it but i don't mind lame i'm okay with it it's fine i want to i 
if while we talk about Lamez, I don't think they sang enough in Lamez. Wow, rare criticism. It and must I be know said. that Lamez is an entirely sung through musical. Yeah, but the movie version, it's not as singy as it could have been. Do they try and talk sing some of it? Yeah, I need to watch that again. It's been a really long it's time. It's pretty good. It's pretty and good. the problem with Lamez is, um. <laughs> when it's a film the song just before the interval feels like it's the song just before the climax of a movie <laughs> it totally does when they all get together and sing one day more you're like oh wow there's clearly only one day left in this story i'm looking forward to seeing what happens on that day and everything getting wrapped up and when you when you know the musical you're like oh shit we're only halfway through everyone in this musical is everyone else in this theater is done because we're at minute 120. Yeah, it's been, it's been that long. Nah, But bro. also, that is one of the strangest like lengths for a musical. Now, the first act is basically two hours. Mm. And then you get a little bit of a second act. Like They just like, give you Are that, they that little different? bit. Uh, the second act is not as long. Mm. That's the thing. Still great show. I think, I think, just put the movie out and just put an interval in it. Can we bring back intervals <gasps> in movies? Ooh. Especially if there's a Can bar. Can we bring back films that are silent and have an actual pianist in the cinema playing the music that goes along yeah. with the film? And when he's ready for a break, it stops. He goes, mm-hmm. sweet, y'all. Yep. Take 20. I'll be yep. back. I've got, I've got, I'm, I'm entitled to 15 minutes by mm. law. <laughs> so. Eight times a day. Yeah. <laughs> he plays for two hours. <laughs> uh, but Daniel Craig's filmography, episode yeah. seven, we're talking about the 2000 sort of indie movie, Some Voices. Um, we still need a name for Daniel Craig fans. And I haven't come up with anything. Let's let's think silently on Mike now about it. Yeah. God, it's hard. Don't. Stop ASMRing. Just think in your mind. Craig Fish. Like Craig. Craig. So. I can't get past Craig's list. That's stuck in my head. Cumber Bitches is what Cumberbatch fans are. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 Craig. His name is too short. That's it's the problem. one syllable. See, Benedict Cumberbatch, you got you got syllables coming out your eyes. You're going to come up with something. Are we literally just thinking of a name for ourselves? Now? Welcome back to our, our recurring segment, <laughs> Off Mic Production Meeting. <laughs> is this literally a name for ourselves? Well, not just us, but all we need a name for the fandom to help, because that lets the fandom sort of cohere and come together, especially in online spaces, because then you can do a hashtag whatever. Hashtag. And then, Craig bitches. Yeah, but see, that sounds awful. It does. That sounds quite sort of aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I also haven't been able to find out any more information about I, Lucifer, the 2009 movie that he was supposedly in, and he shaved his head to be the devil. It got cancelled. But why? Because he shaved his head he to be the devil. He got cast, and he... Yeah, the ultimate hair I think at that point, we'd realised Daniel Craig is the good guy. Maybe, but then he would have... But, that's but what, if it's he would I, have, Lucifer, it's about Lucifer, so technically he Lucifer, would be the hero of who that story. He's the hero, in much the same way that Judas and Pontius Pilate are actually constructed as the heroes in Android Webber's Jesus Christ Superstar, which, interestingly, highly recommend. is actually an undermining of the sort of traditional Christian narrative. I thought we where, weren't talking about Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm just saying, it's hard not to sometimes. I Sometimes it's hard not to. Okay. 
Would you like to do sometimes an episode to. of our Daniel Craig podcast where you talk about Jesus Christ Superstar? Let's do. I'd like to do an episode of that musical taught me everything I know with Jesus right Christ now. Superstar. Just us. Just us. Just yep. so I'm comfortable. Okay. I don't want to meet new people, <laughs> <laughs> especially ones who are so standoffish. Um, no, that's right. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, Elizabeth, where and and our uh, one. Oh, is, he, is he bald in Logan Lucky? Because that could have been our he's only... He's not bald, he's blonde. He's like yellow yeah, blonde. Yeah. Could have been our... Uh, that would be our only bald Craig, as far as we know. Yet. Because we and, don't know what And he's what done so many hair bond transformations. Bond. So some voices, our move for today, another bad haircut, which I, warn you, I warned you at the beginning of you this, did. there was going to be you some did. bad haircuts. But and... I, th- I don't think it was a bad haircut. I think he was just wearing it incorrectly. How do you... Well, like, my haircut is so not So you great think right that now. haircut on a different head... But no, if you if you brush your hair forward like he does for this film, he brushes it forward. And I he think, looks like a serial killer. Going back to what I said on our last episode, about how he's like a... He's a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. Mm. I feel like in so many of these movies, he and the people probably doing them like in charge of the movie, are desperately trying to find ways to make him less attractive. Because <laughs> if you do his... <laughs> Because if you do his hair good and dress him good, you're like, holy shit, it's James Bond. And you're trying to just... No, he just lives in a flat in See, West London with his shitty brother. For this one, like, he... His he, brother's fine. There are parts where he embodies being a character actor. Like, he does little mm. bits. And they're, like, even mm. in the first scene, there's a little bit where his brother bees, like, it does the big brother thing and, like, knocks him around a little bit. And he acts and portrays the younger sibling very well. Yeah. Just like cowers in the thing, and like, yeah, I we, believe it. I'll say this. I think this movie, this is our best Craig so far. I think this is our second best Craig so okay. far. Okay, well, we don't need to put too fine a point on it. So 2000 British drama movie, Some Voices, directed by Simon Kellen Jones, who hasn't done anything I'm that interested in talking about, uh, and adapted from the play, which... Of the same title. Yeah, so the play and adapted by the same writer. So Joe Pennell was very excited to see his name up on screen because he uh, uh, has created uh, Mindhunter. Do you watch Mindhunter? The show? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. He's he's the creator of Mindhunter. Oh. Which is one of my absolute favorite shows of the last like few years. Mm. Watched the whole thing twice. It is good. Um, so he's a, he's a playwright and a uh, filmy person person. Yep. Um, as, a, as am I, as you can tell. Mm. Um, and so he wrote the play of this, which was very well received, and then he adapted the script for this. And he also, and we will be returning to Joe Penhall with Enduring Love <gasps> in 2004, which oh. Daniel Craig stars in with Reese Evans, an adaptation of a McEwan novel. Maybe I presume. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Risa fans. Risa fans. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. They yeah. could play siblings. Yeah, Risa fans are obviously star of Notting Hill. And this movie is actually referred to in Daniel Craig, Britain's Best Actor, the biography, as the anti Notting Hill. Is it? Which does capture some aspects of what this movie is. Because you think it's 2000, so this is sort of Notting Hill era. Yeah. So it's the sort of British rom coms having its kind of heyday. Everyone still remembers four weddings and a funeral, you know. They well, yes. That's all. That's that's the. It's that's like the, fresh that's, in people's minds. That's the epoch we're coming into, and then this is a story where Daniel Craig plays someone with schizophrenia who gets released from a mental health institution of some kind at the start of the movie, mm-hmm. and goes back to live with his brother, who's played by the governor from The Walking Dead. Yep. 
than this, but this is back when he was nice before zombies. Yes, this is when he's a, a good big brother. Yeah, this was back. This was back in his Jim Sturgis days, and he spends his days being a pretty good big brother. He really does. Mm. He really does. Straight out the gate. Oh, backing up. I just said Simon Kelman Jones done nothing that I really want to talk about. Ooh. He directed Our Friends in the North. <gasps> the Like the entire series? I think so. How? The, what do you mean how? Nothing. I um, guess he just didn't have anything else to do. Well, I mean, like that series was apparently really, really great. True. Well, I'll take it back. There were three directors on okay. Our Friends in the North. He directed some. He had a big part in Our Friends in the North. One of the top twenty one of the top twenty five. British TV programs on the 20th century, as per the film in- British Film Institute poll of that happened in one time. Listen back to the previous episode if you're interested. You know, what I realised watching this and just sort of thinking about ages. Mm. Um, on the first episode of our Daniel Craig filmography <laughs> podcast, we got his age wrong by about ten years. Okay, thank God, because I've been worried about that for several of these movies. I'm like, wait. How old is he? How old is he now? I think, I think we said he was 34 when he would have been 24 in the power okay. of one. Thank God. So um, hopefully no one listening to that knew that and has just learned that with us now. Yeah. Hopefully there's no Craig heads. See Daniel. Daniel, look. look. look we, made, we made a mistake. Oh, imagine right? if you listen to that first of all. He's going to think we're idiots. The printing of your autobiography, of your biography that yeah, we have is, is incorrect. No, it wasn't that. We just did the maths wrong. We are very bad at maths. We just read the internet wrong. We've always been bad at internet. Look, hopefully you're listening to this first and not that first. No, actually, no, don't listen to that one or this one because this one we acknowledge the mistake. Listen to another one where it never comes up. Listen. Stop now. Forget this. Imagine that we hadn't started. Just go to the... Yeah, let's start, <laughs> let's start again. You know what a mandala is, Isaac? What's a mandala sound? I don't know. I've forgotten. See how easy it is, Daniel. Just erase. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Look. So, but but that was something that through whatever. this film sort of was a little bit weird because Daniel looks what like a weird? mature man. Well, I thought what I liked about his casting in this is because he does look mature. He's only about 33 or 34, but he, no, younger even, but he looks, so you still don't know. Still, still don't he's know. He's ageless. He's in his early 30s. Yeah. And I think he looks, he can play someone who's prematurely aged. Yes, so I, I think, think he he's can. Someone he is, looks. He looks like someone I would say in his early thirties in this yeah, film. Well, who's been correct. through some sort of addiction, yeah. possibly. He's had some late nights. Yes, he's got some city miles on him. And the girl that he, Kelly McDonald, who, who has starred with Daniel Craig before in Elizabeth, they're both in Elizabeth. Oh, so <laughs> that's another connection. I think I introduced. I mentioned her on that podcast as the girl from. Um, the girl in the uh, one episode of Black Mirror and the girl in the cafe with Bill <laughs> Nye, which not like we could also say Train Spotting, State of Play, Boardwalk Empire, No Country oh, she's for Old Men. Boardwalk Empire, isn't she? Yeah, I like her. I uh, like, I like her. one of my favorite actresses, and I'd listen to her talk in her normal accent all day. Mm, where's definitely. Where's her audiobooks? Imagine audiobooks in Scottish. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Crime and Punishment. Doing all those Scottish, na- all those tale of two Russian cities. names. We can't. We don't know what they are anyway. <laughs> Just mince them further. But she portrays or comes across a lot younger than Daniel Craig. She, yeah, yeah. I think they're they're six or seven years different. And if they were twelve years different, I'd believe you. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. Still fine. There's some good chemistry. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So it's got it's uh, got sort of uh, rom com elements. It's got a rom-com on the backdrop s- of attempt like his elements. Sort of, his yeah. sort of mental health issues. What did you think of this film, Isaac? I didn't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't hate it. I I feel I feel like you're equivocating a little bit. I there. didn't love it. It's not my favorite Daniel Craig film thus far. Okay. All right. Well, don't get too specific yet. What did you feel about this film? I really liked it. That's good. This was such a breath of fresh air after <laughs> the 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 torrid <laughs> Afropinion heat of I Dreamed of Africa. Oh, we get which was just like so sitting next to Daniel. an air conditioner for two hours. That's what that movie was. Sitting out like behind an air conditioner. Yeah, like the exhaust fan. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you sit next to an air conditioner, like then you, on the proper side, it's that's like what this felt like. This was a nice, cold fresh movie. Mm. Yeah, because it's a England. brand new air conditioner. And this is one of the few movies that lets England look like England. It did. It did definitely do that. Sorry, everyone. That's what it's really like there. <laughs> it's not brilliant. Um, I like that we get a lot of Daniel. Oh, like two seconds in. Mm, straight up. Straight up. He's in He's dancing. the uh, mental health institution. Common room, I guess, the of, common of the room. institution. He's holding the TV aerial. To, to keep everybody watching this. Yeah. And he, but he will not hold it still for two seconds. He's doing a little bit too much acting in that scene. Spoilers for some voices, we should say. <laughs> He's doing a little bit too, act- too much acting. We haven't said spoilers for a lot of the films we've talked about. Nah, I'm, I'm very okay few with of them. I think people would be bothered about. <laughs> I could, I could. People could watch this one. Yeah, watch it. Except they won't because it's very hard to find. And I'm pretty sure this was the most expensive DVD I've had to order. Really? Yeah. Was it this one? No. Yes, it was. Jeez, it was very expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, if anyone wants to watch some voices, you can buy it from me. <laughs> but it, send an email. But it won't be cheap, mate. <laughs> trying to trying to claw back some of the some of the expenses. Um, but yeah, no, watch it. I really like this era of sort of British independent movies. I I enjoy seeing films that remind you of stuff that you would have watched on television when you were in like your early teens, mm-hmm. like. A lot of Australian TV shows in the early 2000s were made with the, the kind of production value that comes across from independent films around the same time where you have no budget. Yeah. And you got to do as much as you can with what you can. I feel like the... I feel like the production of this was very good. I feel like it did well for what it had. But I don't... I, I think the story they're telling, I'm not sure what you would have done with more... Um, with more resources... I would have done less of the cutting with terrible footage of random stuff. Well, it's made to look like it's on a telly. It is made to look that way. It's not just bad footage. So this is when his sort of hallucinations start to creep up on him a little bit more. It's a good story. It's it's cool. I think... So we'll work through through it a little bit. Will we? Yeah, we'll have to go scene by scene. Scene by scene? Because we've got so much Daniel. Yeah. So much DC. We don't, but Britain's best actor. That's what we did for our Dreamed of Africa. Britain's best actor. But so he gets he gets released from the institution and he goes back to live with his brother David Morrissey, mm-hmm. and another accent. 
I, I'm, I don't see this accent's very close to Daniel Craig. Have we heard Daniel Craig's actual voice yet? I don't think this is much of an accent. Maybe actually a, a kid in King Arthur's court, he would have just been talking. <laughs> he just been... Well, no, here he's doing like a London accent. Yeah. He's he's doing a, he's, um doing a sort of East Enders, although I think it's meant to be West London. But it works. Um, yeah. He, it works. It, he definitely gets away with it. Um, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'd like his normal voice. I just want to hear. Like when we watched that interview with him afterwards, I was like, "Oh, there you are." <laughs> hey, that's that's. Why Daniel can't Craig? you just talk with like a that? with a haircut? Wow. Yeah, with a normal haircut. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I joked that I feel like maybe him just doing different crazy haircuts is his version of Christian Bale losing and gaining weight to like inhabit a role. I think that might actually be true, <laughs> based off this one. And his hair color is insane as well. So it looks like it's like he's dyed his hair. And allowed it to grow two inches. Well, no, because his hair is blonde, so he would have had to. Well, no, like it's like the character has dyed yeah, his hair. But Daniel Craig himself, Daniel Craig has. How would he have had? He oh, you can have... get your roots done. Like you can actually go and get the roots so of your hair Daniel, dyed. So they wanted Daniel Craig. They wanted to imply that Daniel Craig's character actually has dark hair, but has either yeah. frosted his tips. Or well, dyed think, his hair, or dyed his hair blonde how, and let it grow out. How the character's hair is supposed to be—he's supposed to have dark hair, like his brother. Yeah, and he's dyed his hair blonde, gone into hospital, and it's grown out to this. Yeah, okay. And this is what we get. Well, but to do that, they would have dyed all of his hair dark and then just frosted the tips. That's how they've done that. Yeah. But do you reckon? That's a character choice that gives us information so about his artifi- backstory. So they've artificially re-blonded the tips of his dark yes, black hair. Yes, because that's hair. a different blonde than his regular sandy sandy brown. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What a journey. We've talked there. a lot about Daniel Craig's hair in the last two minutes, mate. There isn't a bit of Daniel Craig we're not going to talk a lot about mm. before. Well, over especially the next six for months, this film. Especially for this film. I mean, we'll get to it. <laughs> but uh, he, um, I liked. It blows my mind that this was a play, because it feels like it could be a re- like a play though. Like you, there's you bits see of that. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I could. Well, kind of. I like like see, not as much as the trench could be a play. Not as much as that. That movie is definitely a play. <laughs> like that movie is a play that's been filmed with a camera. This is a <laughs> movie that I, I can see bits where if this because this is a play adapted to a movie. I think it's been adapted really well that's probably partly because it's the same bloke doing it who Mm. writes for both so he sort of knows what the core elements of the story are and he can reinterpret them for this different medium but there's different bits where and i'm just guessing but it looked like there were conversations they were having say between him and his brother Mm. at the cafe that the brother runs that used to be owned by their dad which i think would be the main set for the play Yeah. yeah and there's a and the conversations that I bet in the play are just a scene and like a long dialogue scene, but they broke it up over different times. So there's a mm. bit of a conversation in the kitchen while the brother's cooking, and then later they're talking again, and the restaurant's closed, and he's yeah, and he's, and he's made sort of sweeping like up, and they're talking again, and then he's drawing the door down outside, and they're walking along the street, and they're talking, and that in a play that could all just be a scene. But they've real. This guy knows that that looks shit on film, so he is presenting it as a as a movie and just like adding bits in, like when he goes to the pub when he's following Kelly McDonald mm-hmm. and he orders the beer, and they just show him talking to the barman and getting the beer. Like that probably wouldn't be happening in the play. He'd walk up to her and the scene would start. But you, yeah. when you put that in, 
it makes it, it a film. It makes it a film, yeah, yeah. And it obviously tells stuff in very visual, you know, filmic it, ways. It, so. it works. I think I think I was it just works really attuned to that the whole time. Very much as. Play. I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I think I can't imagine it working better as a play, but it mu- it must just be incredibly different. Like there must be huge scenes that we don't have in this that they've re- that he's well, restructured. Well, I don't in the in the play. I don't think they would leave London. No, ma- yeah, probably I think their not. courtship montage and trip to wherever. I don't mm, know if yeah, they would the leave. seaside. Yeah, yeah, I think it may be different. Yeah. Um. So I was I was really impressed by that. I really liked um all the the sort of set design and stuff. So where they're poor, essentially. Yes. He has a crummy sort of flat next to a dual carriageway. He runs a. I think they, I don't think the brother call, runs. He, a, call, he, he, he calls it a bistro, which is really it's generous. A, it's a cafe. Yeah, it's but a cafe. Daniel Craig calls it a bistro, it's and a, Pete is sort of offended when he calls it a bistro. Yeah. Because it's a cafe. Well, okay. Well, yeah, it's a cafe, but you can have a pizza there in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. And just and I yeah I liked everything in everything in there just looked really sort of cheap and horrible. It and looked dirty. very realistic as to what that what that cafe's kitchen. What they filmed it literally yeah. in the kitchen of a cafe somewhere. Yeah, and it's fantastic. The food, all the food, looked so horrible in this movie. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Anything they showed him serving or preparing, the pizzas were about the size of a coaster, and <laughs> it just just looked like an oven pizza. So I liked that. It's, it's a kind of realism. Some good, yeah, realistic English food. The, he would have loved this. As soon as Daniel Craig saw it, he'd have been all over it. With that interview afterwards, I don't know if he would have been all over it from the get-go, but I think he would have like like grown on it. Well, that's, see, that's what's so great about him, because he would have seen its potential, but he would have been wary of its pitfalls. You know, And I, would have had discussions with the director and been like, this yeah, is what I like, want to do. This is what we're not doing. And I think this 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 film also went a long way for me because of how much it just steered clear of all the cliches. You're just waiting for it to do, you know. Because so I think a lot of movies where they've got a, we've got a character with a mental illness, it's very important that we communicate the reality of that mental illness to the audience as soon as possible, you know. In fact, and they don't just let the person be a person. It's kind of what they're saying in that interview on the special features on the DVD. If you want the DVD, you can uh, <laughs> comes with it, a little interview with uh, Daniel Craig there. Um, but instead, they just let him be a person. They let you the sort world. of like realize the extent of his illness as time goes by. Yeah, but they also showed him as a fully three dimensional person who mm. exists outside of and around the illness. In addition to that being a very important part of his life. Yeah, like can you think of any? And I'm, there must there must be some. What are the cliches they do in this movie? In this movie, yeah. Um, leaving London, that's kind of a cliche. Taking a train out to some coastal town. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think for a rom com. Yeah, they do that's a rom com cliche. Cliches. Yeah, it sort of it takes its sort of tur- turbulent journey of of mental illness and it t- and it grounds it in that familiar rom-com structure and mm. that sort of refreshes both aspects I like of the story that a lot of a lot of films portray certain mental illnesses as people having shakes and people yeah. actually having shakes i enjoy that in this film he puts the shakes on and mm. it's clearly stated later on that you've been faking that for the entire time and he yeah. doesn't do it again for the rest of the film. There are no more shakes. Yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, yeah. rocking the boat a little bit. Yeah. It's different. 
yeah, I think they they toy with how sympathetic he is as a character quite effectively. Um, so he so he, he he comes back with his brother, and he's visiting his brother at the cafe, and he's just sort of moping around West London, basically having a few cans. And he's not allowed to be drinking. He's not, but but he is, and he doesn't want to take his medication. His brother's getting into the brother's being a good brother. Um, and it just sort of lets things grow quite organically. And then he meets Kelly McDonald. She's getting into a fight with her now ex-partner. Soon to be ex-partner. Uh, who she's having a baby with. And uh, he threatens to hit her, to which Daniel Craig intervenes with a toy gun. Yeah, so they're having a fight on the street and stuff. And Daniel Craig basically flashes the gun doesn't point it at anybody because that mm. would be that would be violent and, and terrible yeah and then and the, crazy and crazy which he's not which we're not doing no we're not doing that in this film <laughs> the whole film you're like when's he gonna do the thing? The craziness uh intervenes gets his nose broken and the partner runs off yeah and kelly mcdonald's like whatever mate bye oh no he goes into her place and yeah, yeah, Daniel bleeding. Craig comes in and she takes and, care of him for a little um, bit. But then she's like, are you going to go? Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you just sitting on my bed? Yeah. Can you stand up? <laughs> he asks him. <laughs> He's to, like, no. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I think sitting down is, is, is good for my nose. So. <laughs> yeah. Good scenes. I've got that rigor mortis. That's oh, yeah. definitely from the play. That scene yeah. is definitely yeah, from the play. Yeah, that's from the play. Mm. Um, <laughs> and... So she kicks him out, and she goes about her business, and he goes and visits his brother's cafe. Yeah, which, which when that gets confusing, he does it about fifty times visiting the cafe. Yeah, but then he sees her again later on, and he stalks her to a pub, but in like a charming way. Is it charming? Well, it it becomes, it becomes that eventually from her perspective. About but, halfway through the discussion, but we are you know, you're, you're playing with fire <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing that. If that's thing. the way you want to meet somebody, mm. just in the real world, that's not really a great way to meet somebody. No, but he does. He again, I think they sort of stage it and frame it quite well to sort of to not make him seem. It does make him seem overly creepy. So there's there's no malice behind what he's doing. There's a certain kind of innocence to to the whole thing where he's sitting like he's not hiding from her. He's sitting where she can see him and like a few feet away, obviously yeah. like planning to engage in conversation i enjoy that every time he enters the cafe or this pub in Mm. that scene he sits at a table that already has somebody else sitting at it yeah who looks (laughs) over at him almost as if they don't know they're in a movie with daniel craig i'm pretty sure that pub (laughs) got told that day that they were filming these scenes and those people sitting in the pub were just there you guys want to be an extra in the film yeah sure that's definitely what happened in that pub and then i'm gonna act the hell out of it (laughs) it was so good um (laughs) <laughs> like his, and that and, makes me really happy. And that, was, and that was one of my favorite lines where he says, um, I'm, I'm just trying to get to know you or something. And she goes, you don't get to know people by going up to them in a pub and talking absolutely fucking rubbish to them. <laughs> and then he says, yes, you do. Good line. Good script. Did you Good like script. the script? I didn't mind it. Mm. Stop saying you didn't mind stuff. Why? Because that's neutral. Yeah. So you feel neutral about the script. About the script? Yes. You don't think it was good? No, I think it was fine. Why wasn't it good? I don't know. It just, there are parts was it of it that... Was kind of boring? No. 
Was it predictable? Yes. Was it not enough action? No, it's fine. There was a bit of mumbling sometimes when people said lines. Oh, that's just the English. You try to listen to this podcast. I am incomprehensible. I don't think you are. I think I am sometimes. Especially when we're both talking. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do quite a lot. And we've yeah. talked about not doing that, but it seems not to Not now happen. we've got the talking shell. I did it just then. I did it just then while you were talking. <laughs> I interrupted you to talk about how we're not doing that anymore. Anyway, yeah, sometimes I hear one of us say something and I know what we said. And, oh, that's funny. But it's lost. But it's a mumble. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are we crimping now? Are we trying to crimp? <laughs> Um, no, it's a good script. It's crimps. It's, does that work as a Daniel Craig thing? Crimp, like simp. What about just crimps? Craig's? Crimps works. How? Because simp. You know what simping is? No, me neither. Exactly, but it's a it's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a little bit weird, but it's from <laughs> so Urban Dictionary. Simp: a man that puts himself in a subservient position under women in hopes of winning them over. Without the oh what oh, this, it's just like, a, just, like a domination thing, <sighs> is it? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, let's not do that. That's too weird. Yeah, that is weird. And it's and it's too. And when you hear it, you've no idea what they mean because who gets to Craig from Crimp? No one. Nobody. And all I hope <laughs> is people will at least hear this as it was clearly a worthwhile avenue to go down for a moment. Also, we have the ability to cut it out. Yeah, but but we won't. No, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. Because I want people to know we're trying. I don't want people to go. What? What happened to their discussion? They still haven't come up with a. Oh no, they're trying. They just came up with ones that were sort of like weirdly infused with you know like BDSM culture, <laughs> which uh, I'm sure is perfectly fine. Which may and... be also be true of our final of our final choice, just not that one. <laughs> Crape, crepe, no, uh, stop Cray. trying. Cra. Crazy. I want just the word Craig to be in there. Yeah. Or we need a like word that has Craig in it. Craig, you know? Craigly rock. That's, I'm just spitballing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it'll come, it'll come. It'll don't ha- don't it'll force happen. it. Don't force it. All right. There could just be Daniel as well. Use the word Daniel instead of Craig. Yeah, yeah. Don't think I haven't thought of that. Okay. What's his middle name? How do I not know this yet? Is not is this not in Rawton. Ooh, that's not a real word. You keep you keep that quiet, don't you, Daniel, with your <laughs> working class background. <laughs> that's not my middle name's Rawton. R O R? I've never even heard of that name. T O N? W R O U G H. Ooh. Yeah. It's kinda cool. Rawton. It's a cool name, but if you met someone called Rawton, you'd be like Fuck you, man. That's a surname. That's if someone's surname is yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. But if you someone know, says hi, my name is Rawton. Yeah, all you'll be right. Like, well, I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can take all your right, take, take it easy, rowing team. <laughs> Thanks, Rawton. Here's your briefcase back. You can leave. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. I don't want to sign your forms today. Yeah, this this is no longer an Airbnb. I'm next El- time. Put El- your real name on. Elder Rawton. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of work with someone who's called Rawton, dude. There's another Rawton already in there. It says no Rawtons. 
We're allowed one. You know what I'm... Simpsons? No. The treehouse. Ah, uh, yes. No homers. It's not fun if I have to explain them. What happened next? Then, so he, he meets um, <laughs> old Kelly McDonald, and then, meets Kelly McDonald, and then he, he, and then he, they, they walk along by by the canal, and they sort of start to be enamored. He, well, she, he starts to, he's also he seems to sort of demonstrate how his authenticity to her. I think is what happens there, and he, and yes. she starts to soften a little bit. Um, I think there's just good chemistry with the characters. Like the characters yeah. work well together. Yeah, and between those actors, it's. Really good as well. It is. Yeah. There's a there's clearly a friendship there. Yeah. I want I want a, a can we reteam those two, please? Let's do a revolutionary road, but for Daniel Craig and Kelly McDonald. Okay. Like now. Yeah. No. I want them to do it in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty mean at the moment, aren't I? That's I'm, fine. I'm, kinda, I'm coming in. It's fine. I'm coming in hot. I don't. I'm sorry. Just well, you can't think of a name for Craig. Fans, I'm still so. pretty worked up about I Dreamed of Africa, if I'm honest with you, <laughs> and the failure to come up with a, a name. Yeah, um, all right. Yeah, yeah. So I think mean, it'd be great got... to have them. In a... She should be a Bond girl. I mean, it's too late now, but nah, nah. She's Wrong energy. Too respectable. Ooh, like the Bond girls, except for Eva Green. Eva, who is your Eva favorite Green? Bond girl? Good question. I've been rewatching some of the. Pierce Brosnan ones, mm. no, good, but no, um, they're, they're they're not they're fun. I'm str- and I'm but I tried watching the first Bond movie and couldn't even bloody. Finish you mean Doctor No? Like yeah, like I, what, what's wrong with Doctor No? I well, because I'm I'm a trash person, so I really struggle with old movies. Like I'm just <laughs> too shallow for it. I can't enjoy it on its own level. I'm like oh god, like just just bored. I was just bored watching it. <laughs> I was like, there's none of, you know, everyone, like... They're, like, it's supposed just, to be suave just, and debonair, but yeah, it like doesn't he, come across that way anymore And just, like, he punches someone, like, you, you hand, And you hear this... And you hear... <laughs> like, a, like, just like a, like a ruler hitting a cushion, and then they always fall backwards into a stack of empty boxes that were always there. Yeah. Right. That's so, how you fight. But my, that's how fights used to happen. But I'm trying to hack my brain by, like, that's too much of a shock, so I'm going to watch them backwards. So I'm going to do <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. And then I'll go to whoever it was Timothy Dalton or whoever it was before him, and I'll keep and I'll arrive at Connery, and I, it'll be it'll be well, like you'll f- go Timothy Dalton and then to Connery and then to um, Roger what his face is and then no. back to Connery. Well, yeah, because he came back. Came back so weird. That is weird. I yeah. mean, dude, just leave. Like, yeah, if you, you get, had your shot, if you're gone, you're gone. So yeah, that's my, you and your hair. And like, to answer your question, I don't know. Probably um, the current. One. Well, mine's Eva Green, I think. The one from what? What is that one now? Casino. The, <laughs> the current one is in Midnight in Paris and other things. Yeah, uh, she's a great actress. Yeah, we really should know this. <laughs> I I always think about people who are massive Bond fans who list who think, oh, listen to this, and like you fuckers don't know anything about Daniel. Craig. <laughs> you don't even like Bond. Like, well, no, kind of well, like it, like, but just we um, all know what the best Daniel Craig movie is. I just like and it. We're just we haven't got there yet. In like a chill way, Leah Sadu. That's who we're talking about. Probably her, to be honest with you. She's but very. Good. I need to think about this more. Well, we'll get there. We'll we'll definitely get there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can be a real dick and be like, uh, Judy Dench. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, we get it. Rawton, back up. Well, my favorite Bond girl is John Cleese. <sighs> Of all of the two Pierce Brosnan films that he did. 
Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a thing. Does not fit with Daniel not Craig's at vibe at all. <laughs> oh, Daniel Craig's Bond. Sorry. I feel like Daniel Craig would be like, okay, rule one, no one from Monty Python can be in my Bond movies. <laughs> just as a ground rule. There's nothing wrong with Monty Python. No. It's just not the vibe just, that DC's got to go for. I don't want that Bond. vibe all the time. You just don't want Monty Python in your Bond films. You don't want that in your you Bond You don't want movie. that in your Christmas Prince. No, you don't. No, you don't. Deep cut that one. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Christine. <laughs> and then they, I and their their chemistry is really great. I like when they're sitting on that little shitty couch, and then they kiss for two seconds really passionately, and then they just go back to sitting there. And then they have a chat, and then yeah. she just leaves. This is for me. That was all much more compelling and enjoyable than most rom com stuff. But even though it would fit in a rom com, it would fit in a rom com. I think this is. I think this is made in. in or it's I don't know how to describe it because that like it's not trying to be funny, but no, there's but just it is funny charisma to everything that they're doing. Yeah, well, it's that it's it's funny by coming, but because there's funny things that happen organically as a result of the characters, not because it's trying to do jokes. Yes, you know? it's not doing jokes, but well, a lot life of rom coms don't do that anymore. Well, when you when you try to do a good rom com, you're mm-hmm. not doing jokes. Like a good rom-com, Which, like Love Actually. Yeah. There's no massive jokes in Love Actually. Oh. Except maybe Bill Nye's entire character. Yeah. I feel like Love Actually is a tough example because it's sort of... Because there's like eight stories at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's like the genre busting Well, thing. then Notting Hill. Notting Hill's got to be the comparison. Point, Notting Hill, because it's the same time. Yeah. And it's the same street. It's just across town. Yeah. These are literally the stories are taking place at the same time. Yeah. That's what well, that's my head canon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's shared universe, definitely. <laughs> the not the Notting Hill extended universe in which That's probably um, definitely, I think. Yeah. Where is Hugh Grant these days? Good question. He's being stunt cast, that's what he's doing, isn't he? And bloody gentleman and whatnot. And you know, desperately trying to support political campaigns that don't Do happen like at all. You know, didn't even see it yet. Oh, okay. But will. It's rentable. Yeah. And watch it digitally. Notting Hill looks, is, is kind of westish London. I know that I've looked at the door. Like, I've stood on the street and looked at the door. Oh, really? Were there other tourists there? I don't know. Even? I just know that I was 16. But there was no one else looking at the door. And I stood there. No, but that was my my family. Without other people standing there looking at the door, you're like, well, don't know what they're doing. Wonder wonder if they're tourists. Maybe they're they're just a big door person. (laughs) Man, that's a nice looking door. On to the next one. (laughs) Welcome to the doors of London. (laughs) That would actually totally work as a tour. Um, Yeah, so Notting Hill is happening at the same time. Although probably not because, well, there's different seasons. This is obviously like autumn, but. Notting Hill, this begins in the summer. And that's got jokes. Reese Ephens opens the door again in his underwear, you know. He does. You know, shit like that. It's a good film. Also a good soundtrack. Loved the music in this. I didn't... Yeah, yeah, it's good. There's nothing, like, overly, like, familiar, though, which I kind of enjoyed. Uh, yes. Yeah, but they're, like they're, it, they're it, all songs where you, you feel like you know them. You feel like they're songs that you would understand someone putting in a rom-com like yeah this is yes a, this is a, a useful point. sounding yeah it's 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 rom rom-com music but mm. yeah 
great soundtrack. Alabama Three. Ah, oh. Imogen Heap. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Who knew she was doing stuff? Then? I didn't know she was writing music. I thought she was in school. Toots and the Maytals. That's a good name for a band. Yeah. Well, you tell you telling me. Yeah, I just did. Yeah. Well, you don't need to because I told you what their name was. Name you read it. It's out loud. Right, so they meet. Good they chemistry. Meet. Yep. She dumps the other guy, obviously, and Daniel yep. just basically fucks him. Gets off. right in there. They go on a little bit of a road trip. They take a take a train out yeah. to. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't get right in there. No, she says we're not doing it. Yeah, just... they've kissed once, and yeah. she says, "Look, I'm drawing the line. Mm. I'm Preggers." Yeah, I loved her shoes throughout this. Do you know that? Yeah, I think so. You too. know what yeah, I'm saying? They're, they're like they're, they're like, practical, noticeably, but from 20 years ago. <laughs> yes, like this character would just be wearing Converse now. But it was the nineties. Well, so they'd both still... be very hipster now. And she's just she's not at work or anything. This is just these are just her casual shoes. Hmm. And she's wearing... well, I don't think she has a job. I think they're both yeah, living off of benefits. That? Yeah, 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 yeah. I Which... thought she was going to turn out to be a nurse or something. She hit she did all that like oh you probably cracked a rib, but she's also just I thought we were going to get to see what she did for a living at some stage, but yeah. she doesn't yeah. have one of those. That's all right. That's well, okay. not many people do these days, Isaac. Well, right now, for an unknown reason, a lot the of reason that have... doesn't get mentioned on this podcast. Mm. A lot of people don't have livings. This is like this is a quarantine zone, corona free. Just mentioned it. You you just no. I'm mentioning that I'm not mentioning it. So but you that, just that... mentioned it. Well, we've mentioned it before. Like it's in. It's in. So now. I'm sorry, Daniel. We've tainted your podcast. Imagine if he got it. You know, if he got it. We'd never know. He wouldn't tell the press. He'd hate that. No. He'd just be over it within a week anyway. He'd be like, Oh, Bam. first of all, My body completely asymptomatic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He probably you could once he's had it, you probably get the cure from his blood. Definitely. It probably is already it's probably already in there. Yeah. He's not even been infected. He's just got the cure. He he, he you could cover him in it and he wouldn't get it. It wouldn't get in. Because he's impenetrable. His pores are so tight. Yeah. Yeah, tight from that Dorito body workout. <laughs> uh, and they That's where a... you get Doritos and crush them into like a like a fine powder. So it's just like that cheese powder you get. Block up those pores. And then you just rub it on like a moisturizer. It's really good for your skin. Like if a... you have burns, I highly recommend Dorito powder. Mm-hmm. The spicy ones. Definitely. It's Mexicana. An exfoliant. <laughs> <sighs> Medical. Ah, medical. <laughs> you can tell why we thought it was worthwhile recording ourselves for hours and hours and putting it on the internet. That Daniel would never do this. He wouldn't have the gall to sit yeah. down and... You're not brave enough, Daniel. Yeah. You're not even brave enough to come on our podcast, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a new tactic. Yeah, this is a new angle. <laughs> You're scared. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you have the balls, Daniel? You won't. Daniel, scared. Daniel, you love new and challenging roles. You love pushing the boundaries. How about your most diff- your most challenging role, yourself? Oh, <sighs> could you try that? Could you do that for once? Let people see the real Daniel, and what better venue for it than the Daniel Craig podcast, named after a line from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which, incidentally, is Daniel Fa- Daniel Craig's favorite movie. I'd like to know what he thought of it. Of Die Hard. Yeah. He loved it. I he would, Something like that would go so well in his filmography where he, he would 
do it's an actiony role, and so it's the kind of film that normally he would disregard because he's so bloody classy and whatever. But it's playing like a working class character, and it elevates the genre. That's the kind of thing. That's why I love that Bruce Willis is in Die Hard because before mm-hmm. Die Hard, just rom com. He was essentially Matthew Perry. Exactly. Before Die Hard, it's literally like taking, say, which is mind blowing, taking Matt LeBlanc just from Friends. Yeah, and just putting him in action films. Well, no, he—I think it's crazier if he's Matt, Matthew Perry because Matt LeBlanc is the hunky, you know, sort of you know, like sexually charismatic Whereas guy. Matthew Perry's just a little. He literally guy. was like Chandler characters, <laughs> yeah. and so they've kind of and and so yeah, it'd be great to find someone like that. And then he basically basically did what I guess um, John Krasinski is trying to do. The world just really just isn't accepting it, is it? Like, oh no, I think it's okay. I'm okay yeah. with John Krasinski. I'm, I'm okay ha- I want him it. to be Mr. Fantastic. Oh, it's it's happening. It's coming like He's Christmas. He's got to be Mr. Fantastic. He is, and he, Emily Blunt, Susan Storm. He is coming to that Marvel universe. Mm, it needs to be. It needs mm. to be. <laughs> Daniel, can you make that happen? You know the coolest character in Train to Busan who like never even loses his pocket square the whole time? Mm. He's in um, The Eternals. Yeah. Um, okay. Gilgamesh, whatever that is. Which I'm excited to watch. Yeah, me I've too. Not read I'm any very of those intrigued. Comics. I know of them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that guy must just been. He's just must be so like he's so lucky that Benedict Wong had already been cast in the Marvel universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's because that's just let him swoop in on this one. <laughs> Are we off topic a little bit? You know, we, we've gone on We're about five tangents this one. Daniel Craig and Kelly McDonald going for a lovely weekend away at the seaside in England, which is about as nice as it looks in the movie. Like, I love how bleak everything is in this it's movie. It's just, it's very, it's realistic. It's just, yeah. It's and like, I, because like, I grew up there, it's very evocative for me. Like, everything about it, just the shitty shops and cafes. And the and, way they've done, it's very Blue Valentine. Yeah. Because it's like, but like nice, but nice, yeah. They, but the characters are hopeful and happy, and yeah, yeah. It's just it feels like these people are literally just having mm. a little relationship, going yeah. on a little adventure. Yeah, like if it was also sunny, it would be it would be too much. There's something about the fact that it is this, this time of year, yeah, and it's just bleak, yeah. As it and is, we're still ignoring the time, yeah, avoiding cliches. But she never turns to him and says. How, you know, like once he stops taking his medication, how he helps her see the world in a new way. And I've never met anyone who talks like you. It's kind of like the male, like manic they, pixie dream girl. They don't. Thing. There is actually, there is one cliche later on, but we'll get to that. Okay. They don't, after stealing the fireworks and putting them off, kiss in front of the fireworks. Yeah. That would have been a bit, a bit cliche and, mm-hmm. and like that would have made it a little bit. They just stand there and stare at them. Yeah. And then Daniel goes, now everybody knows we're here. And they yeah. leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and not too much laughing. There's know, enough laughing, like running off the train without buying a ticket and laughing, <laughs> you know. But just enough. There's laughing. enough. Yeah, they're both just so obviously so good at just interacting with each other and then in a very naturalistic way. Um, they obviously can afford to stay in a hotel and do so. Well, that's not a particularly nice one. It's not, but they do it. Of course, it's not. It's England, seaside England. Yeah, and I love seaside england <laughs> i think that's probably also why i might like this movie more than you because all of the shitty things in it like oh yeah that's fun like it's not but it's it's fun in like a what is it 
nostalgic. Still having that not being able to think of words thing. But what? It's a nostalgic what is that? kind of thing. It's, I, ironically, I can't think of the name for not being able to think of words. You know why? Because it's a word. Language is ultimately a trap. Shout and fraud. It trammels our potential for thought. Because you can only think that which can be said. That's why they delete so much of the language in 1984. Shout and fraud is laughter at the pain and misfortune of others. That's basically what that is. It's not. No, it's not. That's complete. Not even at all. <laughs> you just picked a random word there. Yeah, but it was a long word. And I really like the seaside stuff. And then the sex scene is very sort of idiosyncratic, <laughs> we could say, where he's like telling, she's telling him to like hug her really tightly and stuff. And things that could, it could have just been really weird and creepy to watch because it's but kind it of shows, too personal. It shows you that they're both just like a little bit eccentric. Well, it shows you that they're both really comfortable with each other and it it manages, I think, to draw them as really three-dimensional people with, yeah. with whilst making it something that you can enjoy watching as a film. And you're not like, oh, all right. It's it. not just a gratuitous sex scene that just takes place. They don't just start making out. Yeah, the sex scene moves things along for their relationship visually more than just the fact that they had sex. It's the, yeah. it's the type... <laughs> <laughs> it's the way it goes down is important as well you know what's happened they set off that firework that they steal looks so much fun it d- i want one i want to i like that he burns we have himself fireworks? <laughs> she says yeah. you're gonna burn yourself and he yells ass which i like he plays like ass <laughs> oh, that's a great thing to yell when you burn yourself why don't we have fireworks do you know about cracker night yeah in the northern well, territory night. no the- oh in the northern territory yeah well then they're, they're not illegal there on cracker night. So in the you can northern, buy them in South Australia. In the Northern Territory, let's face it, our craziest state. <laughs> they've said, or territory. <laughs> pardon me. The less least amount of people, probably yeah. in, in an entire state. Yeah, they they've obviously said, okay, look, so we can't not have any fireworks. That would be mental. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say one day a year, they just do they. They do purge, but for fireworks. Everyone's got you... fireworks, obviously. Like, we can't keep you from acquiring these things. So, on one day, you can buy and set <laughs> off as many fireworks as you want. That is it's a terrible, terrible idea. It's a great idea, except for dogs. Yeah, and yeah, if you're wondering what happens with the dogs, they all freak the fuck out, <laughs> and lots of people get bit, and it's really bad. <laughs> What it should be is you can have as many fireworks as you want, but you all have to go to the same place in the middle of nowhere and set them off. Yeah, which they have a lot of in the northern There country. is a lot of the middle of nowheres. Yeah. A lot of middles of nowhere? A lot of nowheres to have middle? A lot a lot of... A lot of nowhere to it find needs... the center of. But then, when you got to the center, the center you still wouldn't have a well, lot of center. You're still in the middle of nowhere. It's there's it's um it's a lot of middle of nowhere, but middle of nowhere is all hyphenated. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. Yes, in italics. No, too much. It's a proper noun because that sounds like you're it's emphasizing a it. It's a place. So, middle of nowhere. Yeah, and like good band name. That's, That's probably a band name already. It must be. It's got to be. I don't want to see him though. No, I, they're probably like Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I like Hanson. You could probably, yeah. But 
They probably exist in our extended universe here of Notting Hill. They're somewhere <laughs> you nearby. Know, Would you please the welcome... The character of Ray's favourite band is probably Middle of Nowhere. Yeah, just three spotty 18-year-olds. Hello, we're Middle From of Sandwich Nowhere. From Sandwich and Kent. Well, they all play guitar. They haven't found a drummer. <laughs> just stamp. One of them's on <laughs> bass, but he wants to play guitar. So he's like, str- like strumming it as though he's playing guitar. <laughs> and they guitar. all sing the whole time. <laughs> no harmonies. There's no... They're just the, all they're in all, the melody. Yeah. yeah, just like a choir. <laughs> Oh. That could be our band name. Okay, Daniel so they Craig do it. is feeling he's feeling quite feeling. He says, and he says, "I feel like it's destiny that we've come together, and it means something somehow." And that's kind of sort of like nice, sort of like subtly portentous of him seeing meaning in things, because like where he sees meaning and doesn't see meaning is sort of how he unravels. You know, I think that's sort of how Later schizophrenia on, yeah. is, and it's quite sort of accurately sort of not knowing what to attribute meaning to and how much and what is and is not significant. So I thought that was that was quite good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then so they stay out for a few days. Yeah, Pete, as well Pete's annoyed. getting a little bit a bit worried about him Yeah, because he worries about his brother. Yeah. Um, and then Daniel comes back. Yeah. A governor starts uh, courting the waitress that they work with Yep, as well. Um, little little bit of tension there, uh, but then he he's trying to get uh, Daniel Craig to work in his cafe. Well, she she sort of like hints at that. Yeah, Daniel Daniel to, hints at it. Like I could do it. Things seem to be going well. He's managed to convince him to keep taking his medication, which is the big tension of the whole thing. And he sure bring him in on the cafe. Don't just rattle off what you have to do minutes before the shift starts and then goes all right have fun with it out there yeah you know he's like teaching him how to cook as orders come in from the kitchen like do it in the morning do you know don't don't That's do it how right i then. learned to work at a cafe i understand with, like dishes and stuff but if you've got to yeah but no, that's how i learned to cook at a cafe i guess if you've got to be open every day you've got to just do it. i would hate to run a cafe i'd or hate something. to run can like, i just oh, say like oh my god what if you don't want to do it one day? You can't. You just lose loads of money. Mm-hmm. And just... Or I would, I would... My heart would slowly fill with hatred like a sand timer. You wouldn't want to look at food. Or people. The people come here like, what do you want now? <laughs> I've become real like Basil Fawlty about it. We're closed. It. We're closed. Yeah. It's 9am. We're closed. Yeah. Come back. Never. Yeah. Someone else comes in. Hey, what are you? I'm just to you. I'm close to you. <laughs> just every every second, people, that person that walks the lily. I've decided I want to do half as much stuff. <laughs> so you're you're an odd person. If you got a long queue, every second person, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, and I don't really. I'm regretting this whole project. <laughs> I've worked here for too long i'm only here because my uh, this was my alcoholic father's dream as i mentioned earlier in this scene in what was probably the only awkward piece Actually, of exposition uh i don't think they did handle it awkwardly i think they were like dad never did it and that was the like the start and it was mentioned that their dad was an alcoholic and like he couldn't run the cafe and then they really they come back to it a couple of times as you would yeah i think that was quite natural okay well yeah. i'm not going to do anything to try to decrease your opinion of this movie because as we know you liked it i bloody liked it but he, he tries to get in to make food in the cafe and he immediately does the 
one of the most mental things he does in the whole movie where he gets loads of his tablets, crushes them up and sprinkles them on pizzas. <laughs> and gives them to two middle-aged people. And just like, can't that, that was the only thing that was a little bit out of joint. Because here, I mean, he's it's kind of like Love and Rage where it's a story where Daniel Craig gets, where Daniel Craig's mental health deteriorates throughout the course of the movie. Yes. Which... Now, it's not a trope yet, but I can see it becoming one for old Dan. Well, I hope not. Because he does it well. He does He he does a lot of the things The sprinkling well. medication on the pizza was the only thing I was like, that's what you're doing that for, mate. One of my questions about that is, crush it up better. Crush it up better, yeah. So crush the it up a lot better. There was a lot of chunks. Half a tablet. Like, when you're using a mortar and a pestle, it is very easy to make a fine powder. Very easy. That's what, that's what it's there for. Which one's the mortar and which one's the pestle? The mortar is the bowl. How do you know? I don't. Okay. Well, like how confident you were there. Yeah. Yeah. You compel the truth. Yeah. But it's. I'm going to try and keep bringing that up. Compelling truth. Compelling. Welcome back to Compelled Truths. <laughs> Good band name. Good band name. They play new age kind music. Of. That's a that's an Ma- album. Like three harps. No, three harps and a marimba. It's. I think Compelled Truths is the third album that uh, Middle, Middle of Nowhere, of Nowhere <laughs> has brought out this year. <laughs> but. People who bring out like multiple albums a year are always new age groups. Okay, well these guys are who like record an album in a day that they made up while they were there. Yeah, like, and the, oh, these and chords sound great. Every nice. time they bring it up, they say, "We did this in a day." <laughs> you ever? We've never played it again. But yeah, I don't remember how it goes. I don't. I don't. Was it even me? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, was it even me that did that? I'm. I'm not the same person. That I was. I was. Just, I was just a channel for the muse. <laughs> So, well, no, they're not, they're not American because they live in London. Oh shit! British. I'm just a channel for the muse. Oh, eh? this, oh so London. Oh, I'm oh. a channel for the muse. In it though, <laughs> in it. Am I bothered? Isn't it though? Am I bothered? Um, what's that? Yeah, called? all the food looks so horrible, and then the brother kind of relents and agrees to not make him take his medications anymore. And the debate around whether he takes his medications. Oh wait, no. The, the really brother finds out that poorly. he basically drugged a couple of people. Yeah, because he finds like a whole yells pill. at him after the place is closed. Rightly so. Rightly so. And then they're on the way home, and the brother decides that yeah, okay, if you don't want to take your medication anymore, that's fine. And he pulls them out of the window onto the road. Also, quite irresponsible, <laughs> but whatever. You could just keep the bottle. Like, just in case. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. You've and, got it. Yeah. And then he goes to stay at uh, K- Kelly McDonald's. I really liked how this film... It just... if The environment was very tactile, and it was all really situated. Like, you could hear traffic in when every you're inside, scene yeah. mm-hmm. of this movie. Every interior scene had the sound of traffic behind it. I think that... I Like, I think that's also, like, partly because they wouldn't have been able to record without it. Probably, although a lot of the lines sounded very ADR'd. Yeah, but that's what you do anyway. They just had the ambient sound of... Mm. Yeah. But, but also... It makes it feel I very think grounded. In... intentionally filmed in accommodation, like people's houses that are close to motorways Definitely. and stuff. And Definitely. Um, like no one draws their curtains in this world. Like people are always sleeping at night, and there's just like street lights and car, and car lights yeah. and stuff outside. And that's atmospheric but also how could you sleep like that 
like the beginning of um, The Invisible Man. Who can sleep just looking out at the infinite ocean? <laughs> yeah. Who has that? Like well, in his very, house, you wouldn't hear the ocean. Like to be able to sleep in the presence of the, the black implacable ocean, <laughs> you would have to have a uh, immeasurable ego. So it's actually a very effective choice for that character. Spoiler alert you, for the Invisible Man: you, if, the husband's a baddie. If you if you were to stay at like a hotel that was on a cliffside, yeah. and it's just a one glass window. That doesn't yeah. open, so it's a glass wall. You can't yeah. hear the ocean, but it's just endlessness. Mm. Could you not sleep? You've got to be careful with endless blackness outside of windows, because what if there's a, a person there one time? In the endless blackness? Yeah. This is, this is your horror movie debate, because on the one hand, if you leave the curtains open, when one of the people from The Strangers is out there, you'll see them and you'll be scared. But if you close, but if you it, close them, you won't see them. But then what if they're there and you can't see them? But you're actually fine with that. Like what If one, if one, if one of the people from The Strangers about it. is outside for a minute during the night, but I never see them, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I'd rather, But if I see them, then I've got to do something about it. Yeah. You know? But if they know that I've seen them, hmm. they've got to do something about it too. That's how yeah. that story... Oh, shout out to another good... Po- this, is a new, this is a new segment. I like to call Better Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make this up right now? Yeah. There's one called um, uh, The Scaredy Boys. These three guys and they've... Uh, none of them... They all, they're all really scared of scary movies. So they're watching scary movies and reviewing them. <laughs> really, really good. And they did an episode on The Strangers. And um, it's very funny. And one of them says... Um, Oh, freaked out at the beginning. It says, based on real life events. I'm a real life event. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, laugh. Worth checking out. I mean, after you listen to this one. Obviously. Whatever. It's just a mandala. So. <laughs> um, um, what I, I wanted to so mention, so now actually, they're the here. move out scene. When he when he gets back and yeah. they, he says, I'm not going to take my pills. And the brother's like, okay. And then he's moving out. He puts like a book and a jumper in his suitcase. It's kind of heartbreaking for the brother. Like that's mm. done well, where he's just like, tr- like trying to talk him out of it, but not trying to talk him out of it. Like just being a caring big brother. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. You've just met her, and th- they turn up at her doorstep, and she takes mm. Daniel inside and closes the door on the brother, yeah. and he just like walks away dejected yeah and, and it's obviously been a recurrent thing for him throughout his life of being sort of abandoned and alone by daniel and by his marriage dad broke down and his father mm-hmm. sort of and his parents haven't really been there and for I, him. I really liked that scene yeah like I, I felt for him it's got a very mature way of a way mature understanding of just adult human relationships like their brotherly relationships yeah able to and like all stuff like like stuff like that wouldn't translate very well to stage I think you, that scene that, would have to have, to have so much more dialogue to transfer to, to stage. Yeah, and there's lots of bits in this where you're seeing stuff on actors' faces that you wouldn't get on stage. Have to be it would have to be a line, have to be acted out in a different way. So depends on the theatre, but yeah, because well, yeah. a lot of a lot of shows have like purposely really small theatres so that you have to see what people are feeling. Yeah, I guess. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, they're not all like the amphitheatre. What is it? What in Greece? Come on, Sam. You know, isn't there a famous one? It's not the Parthenon. Colosseum, kind of. That was Gladiators, though, wasn't it? Yep. What was the stage? You know, Nathan and I went to one of those old, um, in Turkey, actually, and it's like an 
Did a- you see a like plane? An ancient, well, no. It was 20,000 years too late, but there was... <laughs> <laughs> there was Istanbul um, is Constantinople. But there's the way... And I, and I guess this is my amazing insight that amphitheaters work, but we were like... <laughs> You th- it, like it's crazy to think how those Greek players used to go like wow no microphones in there but we were sitting at the top row of this massive amphitheater and there were other tourists on the stage and you could hear them talking yeah sound you know science anyway that would have been an accident too it would have been somebody like in a valley somewhere like a long distance away well the Swedish listening, listening to a conversation like man I can hear him. Probably started with yodeling. Probably started, yeah. Someone shows you. Someone was like, "How does everyone know every secret that I tell in my secret secret spot at the bottom of this valley?" I keep going down there to tell my secrets. Everyone knows all my shit. Then he invented theater. Because then he could Joseph be, theater. And then, if you hadn't, if you didn't, because then he could go up. And be, oh, does anyone else want to come to this new thing I do where I say stuff that I don't mean? Because I'm pretending to be someone else down in the valley bit. They're all not my secrets. Yeah. Things I made up. Welcome to the first one-man show ever, I guess, (laughs) that I'm now doing. Uh, You all saw my rehearsals for what I'm calling a play. It's called, yeah. Where you make something up that's not true and pretend that you fell in love with Helga, who's now dating Hans and doesn't want to be a part of your life. These are my two buddies, Franz and Ferdinand. Together we are middle of nowhere. Welcome. This is compelling truths. They go swimming. So now they're sort of living together and they're and, and the, you're sort of seeing they're, they're becoming more and more intimate and you just know it ain't going to work because he stopped taking his pills. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I like the way that was presented in this movie where it's not just, ah, oh, the tablets hold me back from feeling real feelings and seeing real truths it's like yeah kind of but you also work like kind of fine on them and now in a very predictable way you're going to deteriorate off them because yeah. in my like, experience that is more how that goes <laughs> you know again like lots of tropes avoided there as well yeah you know it's not the best being on them but it's manageable but you know it's understandable why you kind of don't want to do that but over t- and the first they might be fine but over time this is going to be a problem like that kind of less um less dramatic version of events is more real but can still be entertaining on screen if you just have the patience to do it that's where the trope that i thought of before comes in oh yeah he says the line you're the only one who understands me all right that line is kind of a trope yeah sure give him that one though Definitely, they've, they've definitely given that. that one. They've earned it. It fits with the scene, yeah. and it's perfectly fine. They go swimming. She wears an adorable swimming cap. She does. What happened to swimming caps? You know, got to be time for those to come have, back. Have sex in a cubicle? Yeah, at the public pool. Nice, definitely. And that's London. <laughs> yeah, that's London, bruv. <laughs> that's London, bruv. Getting some Craig. Welcome back to getting some Craig. Mm. Getting some Craig in you. What is it? I'm still trying to work my way back to the fan's name. There's yeah, nothing same. there. Um, then they go to the supermarket, Asda. Well, and we get the shot from the DVD box where he's lying on tomatoes. Yep. Um, but she doesn't lie on the oranges, which no, is also which on would, the DVD. That's box. what I was waiting for, where yep. their heads line up. But well, that would be too indie film. True. That would be way too Juno. Oh yeah, when two people lie down and they're by the top. If if more than if there's West. a group of people and they all lie with their heads in the center. 
then and the, um, the shot is from the top. Then those three are going to form a thruple at some point, <laughs> and they're going to try and be modern about it, but then it's not going to work out. Yeah, because of the pressures from hegemonic society around them, <laughs> and one of them has to go to grad school in a different city now. <laughs> Um, then I they, like that they don't do that in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Then they basically go to Centrelink. Yep, and and he freaks out a little bit because yep. now he's getting more paranoid. He's seeing and, sort of flashbacks of the institution, and he's ha- yeah, and he's just getting more. He's finding his, his sensory overload is sort of increasing. And then, then it's all quite sad. He sort of she's sort of trying to make things nice for them. She had that dinner outside on the roof. Her her partner is trying to get back in touch still because I mean fair play in a way she is still pregnant. Yeah, I like how everyone everyone is smoking the whole time in this except her. Eventually, and the brother she's smoking at the beginning, and they don't even mention it. Yeah, but she says she says I and then she says I should probably not smoke what with the pregnancy and everything. I mean I like I get it it's two thousand but come on. (laughs) Then he really loses it. He, um, and I remember when we were excited to get some shirtless Craig. Back we were in excited. Love and Rage. We got a lot of Craig here. We got probably more Craig than I expected to get yeah. in this film. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't, wasn't ready, ready for, for it. this, uh, uh, this level of Craig. So we got we got know, technically a hundred percent of Craig. We got Craig on mass. Yeah. So y'all y'all listening. Look, if you if that's what you're into, if that's what you were waiting for, once again, the DVD is not cheap, but it is available. <laughs> we know why it's not cheap. If you would like to see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they knew people would pay top dollar <laughs> for the two date. I think only example of fully frontally nude Daniel Craig <laughs> on a street in London, we're, yeah, which would have been some hard acting to do. No pun intended. Where he there's been a recurring theme, a visual theme of spirals, where they see a, which I really like. Because then it's like he's things are spiraling, kind of spiraling. <laughs> Get it? Um, there's a there's crop circles and the firework the is firework a spiral. Wheel. And he paints one in the sand with his feet. Um, and now he's really losing it, and he's arranged rubbish in a spiral. And there's a lot of people looking at him who really. Like no one there knows how to be clearly because they just don't know. Like, are you well, going to call an ambulance, mate? Nobody knew anything back then. You're going to dial that nine 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 because, like, because this you person's just... clearly a little bit crazy. Like, I get it; it's naked Daniel Craig, but <laughs> that's why they're standing there. They're like, man, Pick that your... guy looks like Daniel Craig from TV's Friends in the North. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from TV's <laughs> Friends in the North. They don't say that anymore. <laughs> they do not. It's televisions <laughs> daniel craig um yeah but now he's covered in like bolognese sauce and surrounded by rubbish so you can't be that turned on by it call an ambulance <laughs> for this clearly very unwell person but no kelly mcdonald has to go and do it um she brings it back in she's still trying to salvage the situation i guess looking back on it the thing that's really missing is like um, she's like in her mid twenties, so I understand if you have no familiarity with this. But don't she doesn't even suggest like going to hospital? Or no, something? she says I'm going to call a doctor, and oh, he right. says I don't like doctors. Oh, okay. And then she's like, okay, don't call a doctor. Call the ambulance and the police, and go in to a place. <laughs> you can't just be where you are. Once you're at the naked rubbish circle point, 
Once you reach that phase... Like, I'm all about minimum, like, you know, minimum intervention. We don't want to start an intervention cascade. We want to, <laughs> you know, do like, take least restrictive measures possible. But when you're naked and covered in pasta sauce, then it's then you're in the time with a terrible haircut it's time for a timeout for you if it's not sexy pasta sauce naked oh yeah like, like if, if you're naked in pasta sauce for sexy times yeah in like a simpy way yeah or well, well, yeah you, we can't so bring that gross back. <laughs> it's very gross it's, so, it's such a gross word um if that's for sexy times that's yeah. fine Sure. You don't have to call anybody about that unless you really want to share it with your friends or yeah. family. Yeah. But you can't be having sexy times on the main road in West London. You can't. So that definitely is time to call. Um, the authorities. Yeah. We need a paternalistic authority system to come in here. Yeah. And, and exert or, or some hegemonic westernized rationality Maybe on this get dude. in touch with Pete and be like, hey... Mm. Look, you know how your brother's been living with Don't you for a little bit? Don't just go around there for Sunday lunch like everything's fine, which is what they try to do. Yeah, they this do. is the only bit of his evolution I didn't really like, where like our version of schizophrenia is when it starts to act up, you also turn into a horrible person <laughs> and just well, say the most horrible things. turns into a horrible person for that one scene. Yeah, but it just didn't really make a lot of... I mean, it was fine. It was, whatever. it was okay. I mean, whatever. So, goes to Sunday lunch with Pete, gets to meet mm. Pete's girlfriend, who is the waitress... Yeah. Um, the waitress notices well, at the cafe that um, Kelly is pregnant. Yeah. And asks, and and he just and he just mouths off about it. Basically, he, he says the baby's going to be ugly because have you seen the dad? And the thing, like, he just becomes like a different person basically in that scene. Yeah. And I didn't really sort of understand that. Again, that's I think that's one of the scenes that's you know that's that's the play. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because you can tell. It's got play aspects because there are very there's so few characters in it. Yes. And there's no scenes. There are like twelve characters credited at the end of the film. Yeah. There's no real scenes where there's with another character just for one scene where that character comes in and does something and then leaves. It's obviously it's all the it's been structurally designed to minimise all of that. So yeah. I mean, they've added some stuff in for the movie but haven't written a lot for it necessarily. One, but that's okay. One of the things I did enjoy though is while because he worked with his brother. But when he moved out of his brother's apartment and he, he called back to the brother later on um, after this, after the um, uh, the craziness on the on the street mm-hmm. and he calls him from the from The, the nudity spiral. Just to, just to check in. Contender for best scene. The um, um, other guy who was washing dishes before Daniel Craig got hired, mm-hmm. he's back there working again, washing dishes. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in the background just washing. Oh, yeah, dishes we didn't again. mention him. His other terrible kitchen hand. That was yeah. the other good line. I was like, I wash dishes. I've got an imbecile to do that. <laughs> I don't need you. That's cool. That's definitely taken from the play. I'd like to hire someone and refer to them as an imbecile the whole time. <laughs> I mean, they probably wouldn't like it. But... Depends on the person. If they did like it, then I wouldn't like it. <laughs> you know. Very simpy. Then then her <laughs> partner comes back, and this like sort of ultimate climax is he's really losing it, and he ends up smashing a glass table over her partner, partner's head, well ex partner's head. Yeah, and he's bleeding. And that's the over other thing her I like. Baby liked, daddy's head over her baby daddy's head. And then when he's getting into the ambulance, he's got a good amount of blood on him. He does like a a normal amount. <laughs> you know. It's the scalp is very vascular. 
Yeah. So if you get a laceration, it's going to be a lot of bleeding. I was like, yeah, that's that's what that would look like. And well I done. also enjoy that it's worse than it looks. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. Because it's just the scalp. It's just blood. I mean, it's, you know. Like, it's blood. But it's blood, but you've got more of that. But it's blood. And the Ambo's just like, yeah, hey, he'll be fine. Don't just even throw on him in. Don't even worry about it, mate. <laughs> he'll be fine. I uh, mean, I'm Pete not, turns not up. judging, but I kind of feel like you deserved it. I don't really see what happened. Uh, but. Pete and Kelly go on a nice journey looking for him because they're worried about him, obviously. Yeah, he's wandering around. And then we get to our climax of the movie. Mm. Good scene. Good scene. Good scene. Where Daniel Craig has essentially become suicidal and pours gasoline, not water, even though it looks like water, all over the kitchen of the cafe. This and, and you, like great play ending. Great play ending. You can just see it. Definitely great play ending. Just two actors on stage. Yeah. Two powerhouse actors. Two powerhouses stage. of the British stage or yeah. screen. Britain's best actor, Daniel you've Craig. You've got you've got BBA. <laughs> you've got the governor. It's the end of the story. And <laughs> um, and two very believable brothers, I think. You reckon? I do think they've got quite similar noses. They're quite similar height. Kinda. And if he didn't have the blonde hair, if it was just brown. They would be quite. quite Maybe okay that was the brothers. hair thing. They're like, how do we make him look more like David Morrissey? Oh, Let's definitely. imply that his hair is normally dark. <laughs> um, um, and I, I like that the the lighters came back. So it's a cool, there's a scene yes. earlier. So it's all it's set up. Payoff. I dreamed of Africa. Imagine if you wrote a film slash play where like things that happen at the start come back to affect things that happen at the end can you imagine so that the things that happen in scenes have meaning and purpose yeah. mm-hmm. imagine yeah. it imagine it wow. imagine writing a film i can't like successfully well we've never done it well we haven't but neither of doesn't stop us wrote. here <laughs> I, mean, I dreamed of africa no <laughs> there's a little scene earlier on where he's buying cigarette lighters and he wants one of every color and it's a little sort of early sign of his one of his sort of ticks that he wants an orange he wants an orange one and there isn't an orange one on the table the guy who's selling these lighters under a bridge or wherever he doesn't have any orange ones available does he isaac technically yes he does but it just makes sense for the film that he does so i think this is where we real this is one of the times we've realized we're actually living in different realities where you are convinced <laughs> there's an orange lighter on that table I, I, we that can, neither we of can the characters go through can this see and pause the film again and we can i look at it and i can hold up the color orange i can hold up something that is the color orange and you will see it it's fine it doesn't matter this is one of those black and white and gold dress things it is but there is a red Okay, well, sa- and there is also an orange. Sound off in the comments, guys, with your DVD. <laughs> some voices, is there? This is one of this one of the big questions of the show now. <laughs> is there an orange cigarette lighter in some voices? There are I actually contend, about thirty orange cigarettes. I contend no. <laughs> I contend no. Hopefully, I'm gonna. Hopefully, Daniel might mention that at some point in the book. Oh, Daniel might mention it when he comes on. We'll that could be ask one him. of the things we Daniel, we found one of the questions we'll ask we'll you. We'll play that scene. Was there an orange? Can you see an orange one here? <laughs> Daniel will say yes. Because this maybe mentalist... maybe the character of Ray couldn't see the orange one. But the seller didn't couldn't see it he's either. An idiot. Well, I guess he's selling cigarettes he's under an, an overpass. He's not selling a, things on the street. Not winning any Nobel prizes, but 
Um, and they have, a, and he's threatening to burn the place down and kill himself. And okay, so potentially um, his brother. the brother, the brother turns up. The brother finds and him. Daniel's made a pattern of spoons on the ground, and he's Ladles just pouring out that. water, which is gasoline, gasoline all over the mate. kitchen, all over the prep area, yeah, and he's just about that. ready to light it Horrible when the kitchen. brother walks in. Yeah. Intense. And Daniel's reasoning for this is because. He feels that this kitchen is where his life has fallen apart. It's where his dad's mm. life fell apart because he couldn't keep up with the cafe. That's why he fell yep. to drinking. The kitchen he feels symbolizes that Daniel is the reason that his mother passed away. He feels like uh, that he is kitchen. The kitchen symbolizes Daniel's failure to be normal, and just what's held the whole family back. He feels like yes, this symbolizes. Everything that their father did wrong, which has in turn trapped his brother in trying to mm. prop up and sustain this dream his father had that he now has to live inside of without living his own life in an authentic way. And so I think a part of him is trying to free his brother from that as well and free his brother from the chains of this place and the chains of him. He's, so he's seeing himself as just a burden, a burden. To, the, to, the, to the people around him. Um and in some way not real because one of his other sort of delusions seems to be about that he is invisible and people can't see or hear him. So he he doesn't exist, but if he does, it's not a good thing that he does. And so and it's could almost it's almost comedic that he has these six lighters in his pocket or five or whatever. There it are is. five, yeah. And so Because the first one doesn't work. And, and the brother is like hella relieved. And then he just pulls another one out. <laughs> and they have to work through five and disarm him five times with all these lighters. And I don't know if there's meant to be any any humor in that because you could I a... think it's just meant to like prolong it. And like mm. the bit of humor that comes from it is a nice sort of like takes you mm. out of the seriousness for a moment. Yeah, because it's like... really sort of bleak. What did you think was gonna happen? See, I didn't think it was going to actually go through with it. Mm-hmm. I like that would have just been a change in pace. It would have just been like snap, bang. That's a very intense way to end this film. I, I like, if it yeah. was going, if it was going to do that, I would have assumed that they would do a few more intense things throughout the film to give more of a thing like, oh, he's actually going mm. to murder himself and his brother at this point in time. Yeah. I I was on the fence. I would when, have been surprised if it happened, but yeah, they make you think it's when happened that one flash time. happened and he had another vision. Yeah, like he had another the first flash. time he flicks the first lighter, yeah. it goes to one of his visions, and you think that's them glossing over the fact that it's blown up, but it has. I was like, oh shit! So I wasn't. I wouldn't have been that surprised if it did happen. It would have been a little bit of a little bit discontinuous. I would have been disappointed if it had happened, but but. But then, but then you would have just had a scene between his brother and Curly McDonald you know, at a funeral or whatever. And I well, feel like it would I think have... his brother would have died if he'd lit that off. Potentially, but you he, you could have done it so he didn't if you just had the brother standing far enough back. Um, but yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. I loved the scene he got after it didn't work. The disarming. Yeah, they hug. And the hug. And the because the, the brother's been so angry at him so so much. He's just been because he's just a very stressed guy. As he's a understandably just like, a very stressed guy. Just, Clearly, like constitutionally unsuited to being a chef, that he's just just <laughs> running an furious. entire cafe in which three people work there: one waitress, 
one chef and one guy to one wash imbecile. the dishes. One imbecile. Yeah. And that's the only staff he has for a restaurant yeah. that is often seating at least 30 people. Yeah, but, and also just something he's obviously worked really hard at his whole life and it's still obviously just shit. Like, it's not nice yeah. in there. Maybe it was nice then. Well, I think, I, I think saw the people in there like nicer. smoking and having their dinner, like dressed nice. And I'm like, what are you doing in there? I think his version is nicer than what his dad's version was. Christ, yeah, well, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's back in, that's back in your only fools and horses days. Because he dresses like a proper chef. It's probably he takes care with his presentation of stuff, except he literally, at one point in time, pats the top of like a fried breakfast with um paper towel well yeah just pats the oil off the top of two people's fried breakfasts and then just gives it out to them that's what we call a healthy british breakfast that's our acai bowl somebody just grabbing paper towel wiping off the grease off the top of it so it looks pretty yeah. <laughs> here you go yeah you wipe off the grease that's the heart foundation recommendations <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't go through with the burning no, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably chip sandwiches back in his dad's day. Definitely. Uh, then they hug, they make up, they do. Kelly McDonald is like, so obviously this can't really keep going on, and he's like, I get it. Uh, but he's also sad, and then she says she's going to go away. Yeah, he's living in a, I think, is like a gated house, like a home. Yeah, he's in some sort of supported accommodation, mm-hmm. I guess you'd call yeah. it. And he, so he's kind of recovering. Which seems like a good place for it. He's back on his medication. He's getting more support. He's now not. Completely dependent on his brother to look after him. Yep. And um, it's going pretty good. And then Kelly McDonald's going to go up to Scotland to be with uh, baby daddy in some capacity. Lives around him. And um, that was a really sort of emotional scene as well. And he's just like... Um, I think it was handled quite well. She was, she, she is clearly trying to like be the nicest way possible to say goodbye. I like how much empathy and compassion she still had for him after everything well you know i think it's because it's been a nicely fleshed out and realized realistic relationship yeah the the fact that she still obviously she has a lot of compassion she because the the tropier way to do it would have been the revelation that he has schizophrenia and was actually hospitalized and inpatient for it for some period of time and he hadn't shared that with her that would be seen as a betrayal of trust in some way, and you'd at least be you'd you'd at least yeah. Think, but if they did that trope, they'd end up together. Yeah, like if you were living with someone and they'd never mentioned that, I think you'd feel like you probably should have brought this up yeah. before now. Like it's fine, but you need to mention it. But they didn't sort of bother with that. They just sort of it sort of just bubbled along, and then the fact that they don't stay together at the end makes it sort of more more realistic. Which does a lot of compassion for him. And doesn't really want to hurt his feelings, but she kind of has to. She's still in this sort of complicated relationship with this other guy, so she's sort of got to go with that because of this baby that's there the whole time, which is really interesting. But she does make it clear that she's not going there. there to be with the other guy. She's no. just going there to have the baby, just because of Scotland, you know. Yeah, that, well, that's a great place to have a baby. Uh, I guess they got mountains, a bit windy, there and mist, and yeah, hard to hear they, them. They have wet. Yep, lots of it. A lot of wet. Yep. Yeah, baby's crying, can't even hear it over all the bagpipes, so not your problem. Well, it's basically what inspired the bagpipe, <laughs> is a baby's crying. I just need to hear something else. I just need... <laughs> Do we have anything that sounds like a thousand babies dying, but it's <laughs> tuneful? You mean this old, like stomach out here that we've is been there... trying for a little while i can squeeze it look at this is there any way i can do 12 part harmony with myself is there any way we can do that 
Um, I just like want a, f- a really melodic fart to be played to a couple of tubes. <laughs> what if the lock? What if you had a whole bunch of lock necks monsters doing a barbershop quartet? What would that be like? Could we do something like that? <laughs> Essie, do you like this noise? Maybe that's the mating call. That's the mating call of the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> it's confused now. Don't know why we're having a go. I love bagpipes. I dig them. Oh, goosebumps! Some of the best rock songs have bagpipes in them. True story. Yeah, bagpipes and harmonicas bring it all together. Oh. Harmonicas are like the bagpipe, but the bagpipes like... of the south. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more portable. Because the guy who plays the harmonica can't play anything else. Yeah, he just always turns up at the and at the jamboree, and he plays massive solos, can like for mm. a lot longer than other people would. Yeah, everyone kind of feels like they can play the harmonica. So you have a go, and you're like, "Oh, this is fucking yeah, easy. I can do this. I, I can pr- play like a C. I can <laughs> breathe in out. This is brilliant." <laughs> guys, guys, come middle of nowhere. We're doing a fourth album, but the harmonica is, album. It is a it is a stereotype where the guy who brings us the harmonica. If everyone's having a jam, you'll be pl- jamming on your four chords or whatever you plan, and someone will yeah. have a solo, mm-hmm. and then the next guy will have a solo, but the harmonica will play through the entire thing, and like that's that's a trope that those do ruin do. everyone else's yeah, solos. <sighs> Get a hold of yourself, harmonica people. Yeah, bagpipes. Harmonica culture. <laughs> harmonica culture. Nice. nice. Pocket bagpipes. <laughs> and she and, um, and she takes off. And he says, um, I've never met anyone like you. And she says, you'll meet someone else. And he says, I don't think so. Not like you. Good, simple, emotional lines. Yeah. He doesn't plead. I think he he's, plead. he's resigned to the fact that, yeah, okay, this is she's got to do what she's got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very mature thing for him to do. Yeah. It's a story with grown-up characters. Imagine that. Doing grown-up shit. Imagine it. Imagine that coming after. I'm glad it came after something as facile and superficial <laughs> as I dreamed of Africa. Yeah, or love and rage, or a well, kid in King Arthur's court. Yeah, well, love and rage is the film he's done most similar to this one so far. Like that's where he's there's no way around that. A little bit, yeah. yeah, but he's like a main but main main character in a romantic relationship. A massive improvement. I I I love this movie. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the setting. I enjoyed the way it was it was told visually. I enjoyed the characterization. I thought it was all great. Where do you want to put it? Where do you where do you want to put it? Let's uh, okay. Let's go backwards. Let's go backwards. Is this better than Love and Rage? Yes. Is this better than A Kid in King Arthur's Court? You go. Yes. Yes. Is this better than I Dreamed of Africa? Yes. See, it's weird that we say that more emphatically than the other two. It's just because <laughs> that one's fresher. Um, <laughs> the pain of Love and Rage has started to die. Um, <laughs> is be. this better than Elizabeth? Yeah. Is this better than The Power of One? That's where I think you can come in. What do you reckon? Uh, yes. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. I'm bi- I think I'm biased because of how English it is. But I but, think... Like, I think it's a good movie. Like, in in and of itself, it's, it's a, a good movie. I the think it's a really good succinct. movie. And I think this is really good Craig. It's great Craig. I think this is the most... Um, it's, this is the most far out character in terms of his range and stuff we've seen him do and the 
diversity and subtlety of his performance, I think, real is really a standout here. So I will put it above the power of one, but below the trench. See, when I was watching it, I was like, "This is our best Craig." Oh, you think so? I thought this is our best Craig. You think this is a better movie than the trench? Uh, you think this is a better movie than the trench? Yes, you I think, think so? it's a better movie than the trench because whilst the trench is 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 very strong, I think there were things we were criticizing about the trench that you can't criticize this one before we were looking at characters and saying yeah but what you should have done with that character was this and that there were but i feel as though well, the there trench itself undeveloped. Is, is a is a i'd like i i personally think the trench is a better film than this i think vis i think this is a better film visually this is a be- well. this is a more technically made film the trench is kind of boring to look at in a way that it didn't have to be it didn't have to be all right are we putting this first is this the best Daniel Craig film we have ever seen? If you asked me by the year two thousand, what was the best Craig? What was the best Daniel Craig movie? This would be I your would answer? have to say some voices. Well, we haven't the watched. Trench. There's still one more for the year two thousand. So yeah. I, I heard it when I said it. But also, we haven't watched Friends in the North. We haven't watched <laughs> Our Friends in the North. We haven't watched Genghis <laughs> Khan. We haven't watched Sharp's Eagle. Um, so we have options if but you at the moment me, right now if you asked me of daniel craig's first seven theatrically released movies which what? was the best daniel craig movie? no which was the best movie not the best daniel craig movie you're I would, safely gonna say i would say it's some, some voices. voices is better than the trench because i'm going with you whatever you say here uh, I mean, we can always change it. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. I think this is our new number one. Okay. The trench has been replaced. I'm letting I'm later. letting you put love and rage at the bottom. Yeah. So I think we can, and you know, we can change our mind. Just you know, we can always go back and rewatch them all. We can. We can always go back and. But we can't change our mind once something's been. We put can change on the our telly. mind when we do this all again next year. Yeah, but once it's been put on the telly, we can't change our minds. I think we can. No, we can't move something. Why not? Below the trench now. We can't move this below the trench later. Why not? We can put something in ahead of this. We invented this whole thing. Yeah, but <laughs> we can do whatever the, we want. Set, we could take it set. off. We could never rank it. We have to rank everything. <laughs> we know that Love and Rage is the worst film. We know that for a fact. Uh, Daniel Craig doesn't know it, so <laughs> that's all I'll say. Daniel Craig. Dude, new new first film on the list. Yeah. I think some voices is number one. It's a it's close. It is close. I, I I think the Craig in the trench is very good. The Craig in the trench. The, the, a lot of people in and the it's trench. And it's it's tough good. because what the trench is trying to do is in some ways harder than what some voices is trying to do. Yeah. Because trench the trench well, has the to. Some voices is a very like tight and close thing where yeah. the, the trench is trying to do a lot more emotionally. For a lot more people than this one is kind of and i think and as we said at the time a more expensive the trench might yeah. would be a lot Starring better but i'd still want to change quite a few aspects of its story and stuff i don't look when i look at some voices there's not there's not big bits of the story or character development i would like to change it's good they've done a good job first time yeah if this was made with the same characters at the same age they are right now like if they were if they were the age they were when they filmed this, <sighs> but if it was made like at this time with the technology that we have now, this film would be fantastic. Like not that it's not great, but like it would be. What's your problem with would, the, the technology? I, just don't I didn't like find the you, look of you didn't like the, the VHS look of his 
of his visions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I just really want think a more, that's very cheap, even for the time that it was made. You want a more crisp and clean yeah. vision. But they have a budget, and you got to stick to it. I and thought that's fine. it was a stylistic choice that absolutely worked. I also really have a dream now to watch The Trench performed by the cast of 1917. Yeah. Like, the entire cast of Well, with Sam Mendes in charge of it as well. With Sam Mendes, like... Mendes, yeah. 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 How good is 1917? Daniel, why weren't you in that, man? Yeah, he'd have been. He would. He could been have great. been one of those cameos. He could have been Benedict Cumberbatch at the end. Yeah, any of those cameos, he mm. would have been. He would have been good at. Well, well, he can be in the sequel. Not the brother. He couldn't have been the last cameo. Well, no, he doesn't look anything like the younger Baratheon. Yeah. Man, I'd I'd love a sequel to this now to with this those movie. with those actors age now. You know, just like just get, playing get brothers. those main three back. And Kelly McDonald with yep. a daughter. Yep, yep, played by Saoirse Ronan. She's Irish, though. Yeah, well, she. If only there was some way she could act a different accent. Why would you? Do you think Saoirse Ronan looks like the daughter of Kelly McDonald? I don't know. She's just the first person the right age that I thought of. Okay. Who do you want? I don't know. I don't know any Scottish actresses. Youthful Scottish actresses. Yeah, that is real specific. Uh, the girl who plays Cho Chang. Good film. Good film. Thank God. I needed a good one. Uh, so now, as you leaving the TV movies out of it, because that's a conversation we still haven't resolved, uh, join us next time where... Do you know what we're doing next? What are we watching next? We're watching Hotel Splendid. Oh. Yet another one that no one else will be able to access <laughs> without putting a lot of effort in. If you want a DVD of it, get in touch. Because I will be it. able to give it to you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, another indie British movie. Tony Collette's in it. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I guess. Well, like I'm excited for it to be a British film. Yeah, and then things really pick up with Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So yeah, they do. <laughs> we start to hit Very our excited. things after that. Things really like we start to gather pace pretty quickly because then it's Road to Perdition. Then oh, then there's another random stuff but then layer cake not long after that so i'm excited looking forward to it looking forward to some it. voices you got some competition coming up yeah yeah well maybe not from and we all know what's going to be first on the list anyway but at the end but at the moment some voices well yeah it's you you've got to stop draining the narrative tension out of this podcast <laughs> by saying you already know what the best movie is but, but uh ev- but we do okay well no you do oh, okay do you not well once it I'm keeping an open mind. <laughs> maybe nothing will knock off some voices. Maybe maybe nothing will. Maybe that's the best one. We don't know. Because we've oh. not seen any other Daniel Craig films. We haven't seen, no. We've only watched seven Daniel Craig films. Because of our, 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 our compelled our forgetfulness. Commitment. I've committed to the role of... <laughs> not knowing about... Samuel <laughs> Cra- massive Samuel Craig fan from the past. That I have no idea what's going to happen. I hope things work out well for him. Samuel Craig? Is that that what I said? Yeah, you said Samuel Craig. (sighs) Maybe that's what what fans of Daniel Craig do. They just put their first name and Craig is this. (laughs) I'm Isaac Craig. The boundary between me and Daniel Craig (laughs) has now started to erode because I've spent too much time on this. I am already quite worried about how this is going. <laughs> Why? Just how how much of my mental bandwidth it's taking up, and I just I, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to be on film thirty eight 
whatever. We can take a break at any point in time. Yeah, we'll, we'll need to at some point. But this is only movie seven and... Um, boy. <laughs> well, it's... What's going to be really annoying is when all the cinemas reopen and we're still doing this. <laughs> because they're going to all be open in Australia by like July and we will like be halfway there. This was such a... Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've been enjoying the show, uh, it would be really great if you could subscribe wherever you listen to it or give us a rating or review us on iTunes, uh, especially if it's like a sarcastically negative review. I'd really enjoy that. Yeah, make it sarcastically negative. Yeah. That would be great. What annoys Not like you? actually negative. Oh, if it's actually negative as well. I mean, it's just engagement. It's all engagement. Oh, yes. You know? Um, if we got famous as being the podcast with the most amount of just vehemently angry reviews about how much it turns out we don't know about James Bond, <laughs> how much we're always talking at the same time, um, you know, how shit like that. How ill-prepared we are in a lot of our aspects of how recording. S- Sam keeps calling Daniel Sam, shit like that. <laughs> um, that would be really great. Tell a friend. Does someone you know have a passing acquaintance with Daniel Craig and they would like to listen to us Talk about it, I guess. Not good at ads, uh, Daniel. promos, but yeah, if, if you, you know if, Daniel, if you know Daniel as well, let him know. Let him know, but just be tactful about it, because when he first hears, tell him he's going to really be put good off. Podcast. Just tell him, just tell him that you know we're very, we're very mature and we're sort of thoughtful, and this is coming from a really sort of genuine place that wasn't originally motivated by extreme boredom. It was actually just motivated by you know um, a love of cinema. I thought of Blue Eyes, and yeah. the first thing that came to my mind was, was it, Daniel Craig. Not the Night King? Not the Night King. Okay. Never the Night King. I was going to say, but in the, in the realm of Blue Eyes, though, strong competitor. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you can follow us on Twitter, at ExceptionalPod. You can follow us on Instagram, at ExceptionalThieves. Or you can send us an email, at ExceptionalThieves at gmail.com anything's welcome question facts do you know anything about i lucifer were you there um, <laughs> did you cancel it was it your you, fault was it you was why harvey weinstein involved you can find me on twitter <laughs> and instagram at s underscore brookfield uh, where can people find you isaac uh at instagram at at isaac tips with two a's and two b's nice uh, thank you to Ryan Sim for our artwork. Check out Ryan, at Ryan Darcy Sim for more of that. And thank you to the Vivisectors for our music. We will see you next time when I will have more energy and will be better at what's the thing you do when your your brain produces the sequences of letters. Thinking of words, that's it. Nailed it. Yeah, I'll be better at that. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>